All right, we are rolling now. Ooh. Oh, man. Counting us down. Go talk some business. Three. Sweet. Two. Tasty business. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. And today we're joined by good friend of the show, Malik McCree. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm yeah. a, I gotta I gotta correct you there first. It's McCray, but that's McCray? all right. A this lot is, of people it's, it's read it much, how they see it. That's at okay. At this point, it's pretty much a running bit on the show that Tari's gonna maybe botch the pronunciation of somebody's name the first time. Yeah, I'm a I'm a monster. <laughs> um, it's all good. I'm real happy to be back, man. It's good to see everybody. How's everybody doing? How's I what's what's been going on? I feel like I do feel like I'm a friend of the show. I feel like you're one of those like. You know, like when you host Saturday Night Live for like five times and you get a jacket or something like that? Yeah. Am I am I going to get a jacket you're or the, something soon? You're the Tom Hanks of I'm the Tom out. Hanks yeah. of the show? That's, that is high praise, man. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, we'll give you like a sticker. We haven't, we haven't necessarily started doing uh, jackets yet um, just because Lauren Michaels won't return our phone calls. Oh, damn. Lauren, uh, you want me to call? I do. I would love that. Just to just to get us that little bit more um, cred, you know. See how the show goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, good to see you guys, man. Happy New Year! Well, I can I say, say that. that. Happy New Year! It's been it's been a minute. I haven't seen you in. I, you can say that all January. I think it's fair. Yeah, you can't say it in February. Well, when is Chinese New Year? Yeah, I think it's. I want to say it's February or March. Okay, so that ex- that extends that window a little bit. Where like I could say you could go into April, I think, and not be over egregious with your new year's wishes especially if you haven't seen the person well what i do is i do happy new year until february and then i just be like stay black oh word you stay yeah. stay black because that's february right, right. you that's can our, say yeah. right but you can only say that for like 28 days that's not true i say it until the next new year <laughs> until the, uh, yeah. so it's all year round Hell yeah stay black until the right. next got it maybe like until christmas and then i'm like cool. Merry christmas cool. but just that day because then kwanzaa starts Okay. Um, oh, that's right. Stay black all year round. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> right, Lex? I'm so for right, it. Lex? I'm for right. it. I love that. Mm. <laughs> Affirmation. Affirmation. That's what I say when people wish me Merry Christmas. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Because <laughs> they're, they're white. Right, of course. Yeah. Lex only hangs out with white people during Christmas. That's his, that's, he's like, I'm going to have a white Christmas every year. And we think that he means snow, but you know what he's talking about. And I find myself in the room, sitting in a corner, reflecting on the horrible choices that I've made and how uncomfortable I am and how I've dug my grave and must now lie in it. Yeah, but we pull you back by the end of the year and then you're back to Happy New Year. Um, This week. (laughs) What just happened? We are talking about, um, Freelance culture and entrepreneurship. We're getting real deep into to business talk. Um, uh, but we're starting with a little thing called the People's Collective. Oh, man. So uh, this That's... is our segment, The Pitch. These are pitch noises, <laughs> I guess. We're going to, we'll get a jingle or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, right. do, 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 The Pitch. Yeah. That's what it is. And now you're going to drop that in to every episode. <laughs> uh-huh. It's perfect. Um, so, Malik, can you hmm. pitch to us what is 
the people's collective. We're talking like elevator pitch. We stand yeah. in an elevator. We stand in an elevator. You got eleven got? seconds, baby. You got oh, yeah. You got 11. We are super fucking important. We don't got time for this shit. Okay. You got till these doors um, slide open a couple floors up. And here's the thing: it's 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 an it's an evolving definition, but essentially the people's collective is self-explanatory. It's a collection of people of like-minded energies and just that want to come together and do something creative. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a collection of just like you got. You have musical artists in there. You have sound engineers. You have videographers. I myself am a director. We have video game developers. It's just a whole bunch of people that are coming together with the same ideas, trying to get something off the ground from from the muscle of themselves. You know what I mean? And like, it sounds super cliche, and it sounds super like, but it's it's the absolute truth, and it's one of the strongest things I've been a part of. For a long time you know what i mean so the people's collective is just it's exactly that it's just like a collection of anyone that thinks the same way that you do you know they say that if you think about something chances are another person's already had that idea so mm-hmm. it's we're it's, it's about finding those people putting them together and their strength in numbers so it's about finding those people and and seeing you know if you can turn those thoughts and those conversations into product yeah, and you know what I mean. Something that changes the the culture, something that shifts the zeitgeist, and it's the attempt of that. You know what I mean? It's just about you know how long and how far can you take it with those people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that's interesting because like we all we all live in L.A. We all work in L.A. and you know how hard it can be to find like minded people who can also take their creative passions and do make and essentially make them into a business like it's easy to have ideas but executing them with people who complement one another is yeah. always very difficult well, especially people who will keep their eye on the ball because you also know how easily distracted folks in this town can be and I, right I, you know and I, I say this all the time like I, I, I this job that i do and the way i want to live my life would be so much better if if i didn't have to do it with anybody you right. know what i mean <laughs> Cause it's just like you, you, you know, a lot of this and a lot of stuff that we don't pay attention to is the 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 gamble, the juggling of of, of egos and just the way that diff- the way people look at the world differently. Like the three of us probably have very different ways of looking at the world. You know what I mean? And it's like we've managed to find kindred ways that come together in certain things that we do, which makes it easier for us to work together. But it's like there's just so much that's fundamentally different from one eyesight to the next, and it's just like. You have to take that into account when you want to come together and do something huge. You know what I mean? Like movies are big things. Music videos, productions, these are huge things. These aren't things that you can just, you know what I mean, fathom in your bedroom and then like come out and look at it on the TV. Like right. you need to call somebody. You got to make some phone calls. You got to be let down. You mm-hmm. have to, you have to, you know, v- worry about your idea not sounding as hot to somebody you know that, that the way you're thinking about it in your head you ever right. have something like really hot in your head and you like tell it to someone and they just don't you know what i mean and it just kind of so you got to work with all of that and that's what i feel like the people's collective is a is uh first and foremost about building a cult of personality you know what i mean yeah and it's like because once that's established and once it's like you're going into a situation knowing that you're trying to leave having made a memory having made something with some people cool with some cool people then the work will get better and the and the stories will write themselves and like I you know what I mean it, I I think that's that's how I like to look at it and it's been working for me so far so nice how did you get involved with them in oh, the first place well um so I got involved with the people's collective 
officially. I've always kind of just been like a floating affiliate. People's Collective was something that was founded a couple of years ago by a really good friend of mine named uh, EQ, Michael EQ Anderson. Uh, everybody call him EQ. Don't don't say Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so he he founded the uh, he founded the imprint People's Collective with a couple of musicians a few years ago, and um, it was like primarily a musical thing. EQ is from uh, Philadelphia, and we met back in like 2010, back when I was working in Philly. I was in film school, and the thing to do in Philly is to get involved in the music scene and start hopping on people that need music videos. Like, if you want to start building your craft, like that, that's the that's that was my way into authorship because I was like very stubborn and I didn't really like digesting film theory and all of the shit that they were trying to like cram down our throats in film school. So. I found my solace in going out with my camera. My uncle bought me a 7D and I would take it out and I would just like go shoot people rapping because everybody and their mom wants to rap in Philly. So it's like I I got to shoot people like Drake when he first came to Philadelphia. I got to shoot Meek Mills back when he had cornrows and shit like that. So I was like slowly but surely getting into this music scene. And I was working very closely with an artist um, and EQ was the sound engineer for that artist we were working with. And um, we kind of struck up a mutual kind of uh, friendship through the artists we were working with. And then when I moved out to California, um, uh, he told me, he was like, hey, you know, EQ is out there, too. So he got me in touch with him. And EQ was the first person I linked up with. I moved here in 2013. So it's going on like five, six years or whatever. Yeah. And so we uh, we linked up and the nature of our relationship has always been like we would link up. We would you know, do shit for a good two, three months. And then we wouldn't see each other for like six months and then life would change. And then like everybody would be in a different place when you got back together again. So fast forward to like around October of last year, I hadn't seen EQ for maybe like another like six, it it probably been like six or eight weeks at that point because he'd just gotten back closer to me. And so we'd been hanging out, but, uh, I, uh, Lex and I worked at a, a uh, production company called Super Deluxe mm-hmm. that had been acquired by uh, AT&T at the top of that year. And so there was all of this talk as to like what would happen to us and our little passion project over the year and like whether or not we'd still be good. And there are so many different conversations about that. Like one conversation would tell you that we were good till 2020. One other conversation would tell you that, oh, we're good until the end of the year, at least. You know what I mean? So October comes and the decision was made to dissolve the company. So, like, everybody, 54 some odd people, all at once just got told that today was their last day of work. Right, yeah. Like, you know showed the- up to work that day, everyone to a person bro, showed up to work that day going like, yeah, hey, Friday. It was you know Friday, what I mean? like, we'll bro. Be ba- New Year's coming or whatever, Halloween's coming up. Yeah, and bro, like, Halloween. So we're doing, like, some specialty-specific streams yeah, and, like, man. and we'll all be back on Monday because that's how jobs work. Bro, and, and like, then, yeah, like we everybody come down. They buttered us up with pizza and beer. Like they were like, I fell for that shit hook, line, and sinker. You know what I mean? And I've since gone through the whole spectrum of emotions one can go through for that. But like, so what happened? The very interesting thing happened that day, though. Come, so the first thing I did, you know, when you're like, it's like that scene where fucking, um, where Tom Hanks is like in shell shock coming up Normandy coming off on the beach and saving private Ryan. Everything's just like, Oh, so that's me. When Wolfgang is like explaining 
like, oh, I failed. I'm sorry. Like, he's just, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, so the heavy, president man. is, like, is lamenting on just, like, how he tried. And, like, and, you, and you're hearing it. And you're like, damn, like, fuck. But it's all just, like, just coming in in bullet time. Because you're just, you're just fucking, you're in shock. You're just like, yo, like, money. What's going to happen with money and all this? You start just panicking because you're like, you realize that you'd been doing that. I'd been doing that for like three years. I had the most comfortable, best job for like three years. You get so comfortable. You get so lax. And yeah. there's no challenge. There's no, like, you know what I mean? You show, I got to walk to work every day. But like no challenge, not no challenge in like an unstimulating way. Like no challenge, like every day at that job was a kind of a fun a day fun at that day. job. A like, fun day. Yeah. Like every job, it has its politics and stuff like that. But that paled in comparison to just the sheer level of like creative freedom that you had. So anyway, when the, when the ax dropped that day, like halfway through the I'm sorry speech the president was giving us, I kind of left and I just went back upstairs. <laughs> I went to the decompression room because I needed to decompress. And um, I called my mother and I told her what happened because like she's all she always she's she gets the first she gets the front line, you know, news, every, you know, of all that. She's always outside looking in on the East Coast. So she gets the first anything that happens of any kind of notoriety. She gets she's the first to know. So I called her. And um, then I called EQ. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what made me call EQ, but he had been actually, he had been in work with us uh, at Super Deluxe prior that week because he was helping me work with one of the musical artists that I was doing some stuff with there. And um, so I called him and I was like, bro, like, that's it. Like, all the stuff that we worked on is not coming out. <laughs> like, the stuff that he came in and helped do, that stuff is a wrap. The show that we were preparing to do that day is a wrap. And I was just like, bro, I don't, you know, I was like, I just hit him with some, like, I don't, I don't know what to do, man. I don't know what's going to happen. And he was like, well, I'm doing some event coverage tomorrow night for this Halloween party. And you should just bring your camera and come shoot that with me. And I was like, cool, man. And, you know, fast forward the next day, I'm at this, I'm, you know, I'm at this Halloween party. And I got my camera in my hands and I'm shooting. It was basically like a this big um, Halloween party that this um, one of these tastemakers was, was throwing and they have like performances and stuff like that. And they wanted some videography for the event so that they can advertise for when they would do it the next time. And I'm sitting there and I was like, I haven't been in, I haven't had my camera in my hands doing something independent of my job in like the three years that I've been working there. And it took me losing that job to get right back to it the very next day. And so the people's collective was kind of born from that. And then like, I was welcomed with open arms um, EQ came into a nice amount of money um, earlier that year, and he just decided to invest it, invest it in himself. He bought a whole bunch of cameras, and that was kind of, that decision to do that was I feel I feel like was the birth of the film side of People's Collective because before then it was just like I said it was just EQ and a bunch of rappers. We got people in Toronto, we got people in Philly, and it was just EQ and a bunch of these dope artists musical artists that he had these you know kindred um relationships with and um yeah the birth of the whole film side was me coming from super deluxe with all the stuff that i was learning over there and him investing in getting you know he we got a sony a7 ii we got a bunch like you know stabilizers lights we got a whole bunch of stuff and like that was the inception of the whole like the whole path that we're on now, you know what I'm saying? And um, 
yeah and it's it's like never it's like now that looking back that was what in october for the rest of that year for the rest of 2018 it was just event coverage it was thinking about how we can continue to brand the people's collective Mm -hmm. we came up with an idea for a mockumentary series about the people's collective that you know is is rooted in all of the real stuff that we go through trying to make this thing a thing trying to get people to say the name and see what we're about and so we go through a lot of shit and we meet a lot of crazy people so the mockumentary essentially writes itself and it just like it's all it has just snowballed into this this brand new initiative I'm on in 2019 trying to like you know still pursue the ultimate goal which is to become an auteur and to be able to tell stories on the biggest scale possible on what and then whatever scale I want to from there yeah um but yeah like the people's collective has quickly become the vessel that's like fast tracking me to that lifestyle man and it's like I would have it no other way you know what I mean because like the three months that we've done work after in, in October if I can apply that same level of synergy to these 12 months that we got right now mm-hmm. it's like who knows what well that'll take us you know what I'm saying so yeah. it's like you know that's why I'm here today talking about it that's why we have our own podcast that we'll get into later but you know what I'm saying like that's what it's all about yeah well, that's yeah. what I was going to ask is you mentioned you guys do event coverage. Yeah. Um, and I had noticed that you guys also do like review stuff. Absolutely. So is there, I know that you guys are still kind of defining mm-hmm. the direction and I know that you, you want more story oriented things. Do you feel like you guys will have uh, essentially like separate categories of content that you're going to be creating? Mm-hmm. Or is it more that like, you're going to utilize the stuff that you have to do whatever it is that any individual creative wants to do and try to have it be more of a broad uh, definition of content. Like as long as you're creating content, it's not necessarily like you're creating just stories or you're creating just uh, like non-scripted content. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't, I think EQ's vision is to like cover as much of the board as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, and it's it's like such a it's like it's just like we want to envelop pop culture we want to envelop the 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 concept of cool yeah you know what i mean and that can be and that can be so many things i want to be the kind of person i want to be the kind of creator that earns the trust of the viewer because of my ability not because of what they think i can do you know what i mean and yeah. it's like and or and the only way that I know to do that is to just keep tr- is to keep trying like different things, you know what I mean? So it's like I think it's good that like I want you to be able to like Google the People's Collective and see and learn about us from the show that we're doing and look at our movie reviews and see how, you know what I mean, and then listen to our podcast. And then I want you to be able to you know, come to us for an idea that you have that you want to get developed or if you need a sketch shot or, you know what I mean, if you want somebody to bounce some ideas off with any kind of consulting, like I want you guys to be able to to do that. I want people to be able to do that. But I want it to I want to first and foremost make sure that we're emphasizing the the imprint that is the people's collective and like that's the umbrella that kind of, you know, drapes over everything, you know what I mean? But like I want you to be able to look at a <clears throat> look at a Drake video one day. And see that it was shot by the People's Collective. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's like wherever we could, wherever we could get in and put our fingerprint on something, mm-hmm. I think that's 
that's the goal. Yeah. I'm only one person, by the way, so it's like I can't really like speak for the entirety, but I feel like the parts that I'm involved in and the parts that I bring to the table, those are definitely where the initiatives lie. Yeah, and you know, like conventional wisdom tells us that the more irons you have on the fire at any given time, the greater chance that one of them will potentially lead to some kind of success. Exactly. And then because you've got a whole bunch of like-minded people who are doing a whole bunch of different things, the success in one area can kind of hopefully trickle over to the other areas, and then suddenly people do know that brand. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, that is one of the tenets of a successful business, especially like a small business uh, is the ability to pivot when you are essentially heading down a path. Because uh, one thing that, and, and I, th- I feel like this is a really good opportunity to kind of get into the, the grander landscape of the, of like kind of how the employment and work environment is now. And that like a lot of companies that had started, mm-hmm. essentially they come and go because they have, define themselves as one specific thing and then the industry moves on and if you only do one thing then essentially when you're not relevant anymore you die exactly so like yeah the ability to be a flexible company and not only you know create content but also be able to consult and also be able to uh, provide services allows you to uh, have all of these multifaceted aspects to your company, which means that if there is no longer a requirement for people to do one thing, you can also lean into something else. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like the whole part of the whole reason why my staying power was the way that it was at Super Deluxe was because you have to be willing to put a different hat on at any any moment's notice. And Lex can attest to that. Like he's been talent and crew Several times, you know what I mean. Sometimes both, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's so like it's one like, one day I'm um, I'm helping, like I'm assisting camera, or I'm moving lights around, and the next day I'm in a golden bathtub eating shrimp, eating shrimp, and getting a fan base, and people falling in love with Shrimp Daddy, and like <laughs> all of that stuff, man. And it's just like, but the but another thing that I did learn at Super Deluxe that like I'm sure a lot of people are starting to feel. And which is kind of where where I feel like the conversation is going anyway. It's like I was still working for somebody. I still had a boss, and that still was that was. I'm the, I don't know. I'm everybody is different, but I'm the kind of person where that was like bothersome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Having to like answer to someone and having to constantly like fight for your ideas and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is like how it's supposed to be in the real world but i just feel like entrepreneurs have a better approach to that because it's literally like we have the right to re- refuse to like right work for anybody right you know and when, when so you're an like, employee and you have a boss not only do you have somebody that you have to answer to but there is also somebody who's in a position to tell you oh you can't come work anymore right so yeah. that changes everything about how you defend yourself and how you defend your ideas. You know what I mean? And that kind of stuff is like that shit breeds anxiety, man. Like for the for the you know what I mean? Like I said, everybody's different. But for me, I kept getting into a lot of these spells where I'm like, man, like, why can't they just let me do me? And you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like at the end of the day, I understand that the reason why they can't let me do me is because it's not fucking about me. You know what I'm saying, but at the same time, it's like you gotta you gotta find the, you gotta kind of find the middle ground between those ideals and like 
the conclusion that I came to was that like I'm somebody like that that I I got to be my own boss, man. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I got to be and it's it, I would much rather be in a situation where like I'm collaborating with a peer instead of working for a superior. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like right. and like I feel like that's where the, I think that's where we're going. I think that's where we're going in the country. I think that's where we're going with the with the growing mentality of this generation. It's well, like Yeah. And especially as everything becomes more <coughs> and more consolidated in terms of business and yeah. how certain big conglomerates are swallowing up everything else. A lot of us at a certain point on this timeline are not going to have too many options other than to try and go into business for ourselves. Right. And I would say that like be having, having a boss is a more modern capitalist uh, thing in that like long ago, not actually not long ago, um, you know, people were their own bosses. You were essentially a tradesman. You did a thing and essentially the the success of your business um, mostly depended on the quality of your the content that you were making and uh, ac- accessibility of other people who take in whatever your craft is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only once we started having a more capitalist society in which people were competing for the same thing that you essentially had to uh, create different hierarchies in order to uh, accommodate the demand uh, to essentially beat out your opponents. Um, and so that structure is the result of competition in that you have to create these infrastructures to create more content so that more people buy. Mm-hmm. And then essentially people need to be able to buy those things. And so you create this job market in order for them to continue to um, buying buy your content. It's It's why we have weekends and that like Ford uh, lobbied to have them because he, he knew that people would buy his cars in their off time Mm -hmm. uh, if they weren't working. And so like, it's the only reason why we have time off is so people can Can buy buy more things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's all a lot of, a a lot of the function of people trying to essentially make more money. And it's why we're in the, predicament we're in now and that like um you know we got to a point where we had built this capitalist infrastructure and then essentially to keep your money as a business you have to start cutting corners and those cut corners are usually people oriented mm-hmm. um and so you we've gotten to a place where it is too expensive to have like full-time employees with benefits yeah. and so you yeah. start like having temps and freelancers but you start underpaying them which uh then leads people productivity to take these... goes down right morality goes down mm-hmm. you know what i mean like but then you go places like and, and I, like i said i'm not the smartest guy here so i won't my, my facts may need to be checked that's lex but like you go like I, like aren't right. there places like sweden that have like four day work weeks and shit and like three day work weeks and yes. stuff like that. And it's like, everybody's chilling over there. You know what I mean? And Depending on the size of the company too, the issue isn't really the company can't afford to pay people. It's yeah. that when there is an increase in revenue based on productivity, that ends up getting sucked up by shareholders mm-hmm. and, and executives. And that doesn't trickle down when they, yeah. when they hold on to all that money, 
and they realize they can get away with holding on to all that money, they'll take as much as they possibly can. There's yeah. less to pay people for their work. Right. There's less incentive to work harder. Again, long enough timeline, that's not sustainable. Right. That is that is a factor in what is happening right now. Yeah. And I think that, like, also, we had gotten to such a rigid, like, even, I'm just going to, my I'm going to keep my statement specifically to the entertainment industry. And mm-hmm. in that, like, we had gotten to a point of such a rigid system that people needed additional avenues to just have their voices heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which essentially led to a, a boom of entrepreneurship in the in- entertainment industry. Yeah. Look at YouTube and just the whole prosumer culture. Right. And just, you know what I mean? The fact that we can become filmmakers tomorrow if we wanted to, we yeah. have those resources now. So because the th- fact that we can do this, what exactly what we're doing right now is, part of that right because yeah. before the only way to do it was to go through the gatekeeping of a studio right have them try to finance whatever it is you're doing and it was the only way for people to consume it and then we had the really big boom of of people creating their content and essentially as um as you create higher quality content or as you build your following you start bubbling up to the top and and that created um it created influencer culture, mm-hmm. um, which essentially led to, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the idea of creating content for the simple fact of creating it as opposed to creating it with a purpose. Right. Um, because as long as, and, and this is part of the YouTube concept in that like it, their algorithms mm. made it so you had to keep creating content yeah. um, in order for you to be featured. And so the only way to maintain your livelihood was just to keep cramming content in. Mm-hmm. And then we started getting into a more... People started getting channels and mm-hmm. they started curating their stuff a lot more. Yeah. Instead of just... I'll be honest with you right now. Like, for me personally, right now, it's just about creating. Yeah. Because I have such, like, big ideas and I have such... the I've, I ask these grand creative questions to myself all the time Mm -hmm. that I know that the undertaking of answering those questions is going to be something that's going to be a very long and drawn out process. So my remedy to that is to just kind of blindly create while those answers kind of start to formulate yeah which is why it's like i'm just like i'm like the 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 mood that i'm in on 2019 as i'm just like do it like just do it like don't spend any more time thinking about it like we did our first podcast like the first week back here like after the second and like there was all these reasons like why we like didn't have time to do it but i was just like 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 we can't like not do this you know what i mean like it's it's just about doing and it's just about and like you'll figure that other stuff out like you'll find your purpose and you'll find the reasons why you're doing things but like if you sit and you wait for the right moment to do it yeah then you will fall back into having to pay your bills Mm -hmm. having to you know what i mean i gotta take some hours off for this because i gotta make sure that i get this bill paid this and the third it's like no like we gotta do it because nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah, these right. are the conversations I've been having with myself recently along those lines, like sitting there going, okay, there, there are 100,000 reasons why XYZ may not work out exactly the way you want it to or why maybe this idea isn't big enough or, or whatever obstacle you can create in your own mind. Exactly. But, but that time is going to pass anyway. Exactly. That time is going to pass whether you sit there or whether you go and 
give it a shot. Even if you're like, well, because in this business, there's nothing is certain. No one really knows anything. And half the stuff that we laud is just people getting lucky anyway. They're like, we just went out and did it. Right. Past success is is no guarantee of future success. There are so many different reasons to talk or ways you could talk yourself out of it. But if you if you have it in you, that time passes no matter what. So if that time's going to pass no matter what, why don't you give it a shot anyway? I couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't yeah. get, you know what I mean? It, did, it's though, just it like, took me, to be fair, though, it, and to be totally honest, it took me a while to get to that point because there was a, a big stretch of time where circumstance just, just hit me negatively in a bunch of different ways right around the same time, and I fell into this rut of allowing myself to talk myself out of it for a long time and eventually relatively recently honestly like i came back around to i'm not why am i wasting this time mm-hmm. it's incredibly foolish because in 10 years i w- i would love it if i could look back and go well maybe it didn't all go exactly the way i wanted it to exactly but i used that time the best way i could and i didn't sit i actually went and and gave it a shot yeah and the, and a lot of people don't realize that we have a lot of shitty ideas we have a lot of terrible things that need to get out of the way so that we could start making the nice things, the good things. And it's like the only way to do that is just to continue to make stuff. And I used to be very like meticulous about putting stuff out because I was worried that one, like it, it just wouldn't be the right way. And two, like people wouldn't watch it. And it's like, I've really like, I've gotten so over the fact if anybody watches my stuff, like it's not even funny. Like I, I feel like I'll be the kind of person that like wouldn't go to my premiere because it's just like I'd be ready to do the next movie and stuff like that. Like I really I could care less who sees it. I want people to see it and I want people to be moved by it. But my my ambition and me and the need for me to do this cannot rely on whether or not people will see it because that's such a defeating mentality. You know what I'm saying? It's like I feel like whether or not people see it is a luxury. You know what I mean? Like that's how it needs to be. That's how I look at it. That's how I choose to look at things as an as an aspiring auteur. And it's like, you know what I mean? And like 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 said, like all the time you spend perfecting is time still lost. And it's like what we don't know and what we need to be continually reminded of is that perfection comes from repetition. Mm-hmm. And it's like we need to just keep out going out there doing things. I'll be doing my second podcast. I was supposed to do it today, but work got in the way and now we can't you know what i'm saying we can't do it so it's like you know it's about fighting that kind of stuff because that's the only way you're gonna usher in that lifestyle that you want to live and there are so many people and i I got some numbers here too that i'm gonna bring up here in a second but there are so many people that have taken this mentality and was like yo i don't want to get my happiness from what society has told me the american dream is you know what i mean the nine to five you know what I mean? Like, I, I I need to go out there and I need to seek fulfillment in other ways. And there are other ways to seek that fulfillment. But it starts with making the active decision to actually go out there and do it. Like, don't I know, don't sit here and talk about it like we're doing right now. But it's like by talking about this on a podcast that you guys have formulated, we're actively doing that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So there's just so many ways to do it. But you have to do it right right like do it if if you are listening odds are you've looked at different youtubers different channels and you've gone like (laughs) i should do a podcast but you've gone you know this is this is awful and yet this person is so hyper successful making a bunch of money off of this i could do this why am why don't i have this the reason you don't have it is because that person did it and you didn't exactly go do it somebody said something i I don't know who i i maybe read this somewhere but i'm like um 
if you have an idea, an original idea, you literally have like 48 hours to start working on that idea before someone else in the world thinks about it and starts working on it. Something like that. Somebody did the math or something like, and it's probably like way off, but if you think about it, like that's, you know what I mean? That's how you have to treat it. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like if you thought about something, chances are somebody else thought about it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you're in the movie, like I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have did it that way. Somebody in that theater is probably like, yeah, I wouldn't have did it that way either. I also feel like as an auteur, as a creator, and I could be wrong and I want to be wrong. People who are listening prove me wrong, but I think we live in a time where the best has already happened. The best shit, the best movies, the best books, the best paintings are, are here already. So what we need to do is look at all of that stuff and figure out ways to strike new ground and strike new, you know what I mean, and evoke new emotions through the stuff that's already existed. Because if you start looking at all this stuff, if you go and if you deep dive into old TV shows and old movies and like they will put you on game on like how to tell stories on levels and ways that you never thought you could. And it's like we're not paying attention to that enough. And I, I just feel like if we, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying turn our heads backwards and just focus on all the stuff that came before, but recognize that like genius was struck several times over. And the remnants of that is everywhere. You just got to look for it and then apply it to the voice that only you have and the, the only, and the, and the eyesight that only you have. And that's where new, that's where new, legend comes from right you know what i'm saying yeah if that makes any sense no it makes sense i think that i would i think i'd phrase it less as like the best has already happened in that like i think that what the the stage we're in now is that we i feel like we're in a very big transitional period in that like the things that have been covered have been covered ad nauseum Mm. and i think that like we're at a, a place where we've we've stopped kind of in innovating mm-hmm. be- mostly we start reminiscing right and, and a lot of it is because uh it's it's kind of like a my maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of thing and that like i feel like a lot of what we're doing now is cleaning up messes from the past in addition to just trying to survive on a regular basis which doesn't necessarily f- facilitate innovation and so a lot of uh progress doesn't is is not happening because we are trying to just we're we're in uh, damage control mode. Mm-hmm. Um, it like for example, you know, it's it just to just to illustrate what I'm talking about in that like when the iPhone came out, it was a very big thing. It changed the way that we dealt with the one the way that we interacted with the world and also just the way that we had access to the world in and of itself. But since then, back in, I think it was like 2005, 2006, we haven't had a new thing that would take its place. And, and, and innovation takes time. Mm-hmm. But we have all these companies that are focused on, on trying to push us forward to the next level. But like, it's all iterations of the same thing in that we're all mining the same area. Right. Like all, there's, there's no like next 
smartphone conceptually. There right. is the next smartphone. There is, right. you know, here's the new fancy. Here's here's right. the iPhone that will that will uh, uh, touch you in your erogenous zones in a very nice way in public, but in a subtle way so nobody can see it happening. And it's two thousand dollars. People will buy it. We get that. We get right. the next sort of the next uh, gadget the next version, version of, of it. What we already have. Right. But we don't get. We don't have anything that has caused a seismic shift in the way down. we. Yeah, like because because people aren't sitting around anymore thinking about how to be in the sky. You know what I well, mean? Well, yes, we don't well, I think we don't it's, have to we don't have you know that 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 need for like what if has gotten so much smaller because we've answered that question. So, you know what if, I mean? It feels well, like yeah, societally culturally our our vision has become a lot more myopic and I do feel like one of the potential negatives of things like smartphones is if you're not careful it makes it super easy for your view to become ultra myopic. Mm-hmm. I you, you talk about looking at the sky, right? Like, I think about that a lot. Like, when when did we decide we don't care about space travel anymore? Like, I was... Uh, uh, the movie First Man that uh, Damien Chazelle did with mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling, that movie, there are elements of that. I mean, it's a pretty solid flick, but, like, conceptually, thematically, it filled my heart because it's all a big celebration of of se- uh, sense of adventurous curiosity mm-hmm. and pushing boundaries and going where uh, uh, no where man no man has gone, gone before, before yeah. you know like we, we lost that at some point yeah. because it was a luxury it was a luxury to be able to sit and go yo how can we devote millions of dollars to um, putting a guy on that thing we see at night um, right now a lot of our a lot of our like money and resources and thought power are either going to our day-to-day lives going Mm -hmm. to work um or they're going towards like again just like solving the the big issues that we've developed over the last few centuries decades things like global warming things like um you know i wish money was going to global warming but like all of all of these things that we've essentially I mean, but then you have your your Elon Musk's of the world who's like trying to like get people on Mars and stuff like that. So like, I still feel like I mean, I, I you know say what you want about Elon Musk, but like, to me, he he look he reflects someone who continues to think outwardly, right, and to carry that spirit of what if that we spoke about has has lost so many of us. I don't know about his true motives or whatever, but on on the surface it looks like he's just trying to get out into the into the cosmos and stuff like that so yeah. it's like you know for everyone that's kind of fallen into like well I'm good with what we have there's still somebody that's like but what about more what right. if, what, what else is there well part of you bring up Elon Musk and this is a good example right like Tari you were just saying how a lot of people now by necessity have to focus way more on just surviving day to day than we did maybe even a couple of decades ago yeah um so some of that has to do with the fact that money, some money is going to things that hope we would hope it would go towards, but a lot of this money is just getting sucked up by a handful of people and hoarded and kept there. These people don't care about that stuff. If if big CEOs would actually pay their employees a living wage so people didn't have to fear that they wouldn't be able to make it through the next month, then we would have time a little bit more time anyway to sit and think about what if and and what could we do with this sense of adventure we now have a little bit more space for because we know we're going to eat today that is a solvable problem but i don't know how to convince certain folks to want to solve that problem i feel like we're in a very tough 
spot in time. I think that if we survive the next decade, um, I mean, yes, we're going to have, there are a lot of big moves that are going to have to be made, but I think that like kind of going back to the, to the, the big topic of the, of the day, Mm -hmm. I think that like, this is a, a moment to, we've talked about like the dark side of people who are starting these ventures for the sole purpose of money. Right. But it's like, also, if you are, if you are an entrepreneur and you're making um, this, this business there, there's also this aspect or responsibility to also kind of give back to the community. And, and I feel like that's part of what the people's collective is doing. And that like, it's taking these people who have these skills and uh, is allowing them to, uh, to, collaborate and right. also bring in other people who might have some skills that need to be built exactly. and learn from one another. The best thing about the People's Collective is for the first time since moving to LA, I mean, I got a version of it at Super Deluxe. I got a version of the lifestyle that I was trying to lead at Super Deluxe, but it was always to whatever my the powers that be allowed mm-hmm. right you know what i mean but the people's collective is the first time i can say that i'm in a position where i can literally show up and be a hundred percent myself and be me and and that a lot and, and when that when that when you're in a space like that you really start to see what you're capable of how you help out and a part of a larger machine mm-hmm. what you bring to the table you know what i mean you really can start to define your value in that and i just feel like we need more environments in whatever industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where people can do that. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm all full. Cause like, all right, so can I, can I, can I bust out some numbers guys? Yeah, of course I, you some, I screenshot some, some facts here so I can sound smart. Good. Cause make this a factual podcast. Um, we, we're putting out a lot of conjecture, right, a lot of, a lot of bullshit. So the first, <laughs> lot, just nothing but wall to wall bullshit. So the first thing I've screenshot was that, it says 27 million Americans will leave full-time jobs from now through 2020. That'll bring the total number of self-employed people to 42 million. Right? So that compares to just back in 2017 where 126 million Americans were working full-time jobs. So that means that like basically they're saying that everything from how lawmakers approach policy and how employees hire and retain talent will be impacted because of this. You know what I mean? And it's like, lastly, it says um, non-traditional workers who, uh, they're saying the non-traditional workers who will approach 33% of the workforce in the coming years want more control over how and why they work. And most won't return to an organization. And it said that adding that self-employment moves, the self-employment movement will explode over the next two years. So it's like, I feel like I'm a part of that, man. Like I left, I left Turner, I left Super Deluxe, and like you know, you go home and you start talking to your friends and your friends and family and all these older people that come from previous generations that are like you know that heard about you lost your job, and then the next thing they're asking is like, when are you gonna get another one? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you know, you can I can even hear it when my mother talks to me. Like you know, I tell I talk to my mom and I'm like, like I said, she gets the she gets the front line commentary. So, you know, she's been very supportive of like everything, but I can even hear it in her voice when she's asking certain things in the back of her mind. She's just like, I, you know, I just hope he like can support himself. And like the way that she's 
been brought up to think is I hope he gets another job. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I can't blame her for that. And it's like, I really appreciate the fact that she's like keeping kind of all those thoughts to the back because I'm on the other hand, I'm singing like, maybe this is the time where I don't get another job. And I just start figuring out because my rent is $1,300 a month. Mm -hmm. And and I live by whether or not I can pay my rent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So my life has become every 30 days. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, Right now, I'm in a situation with unemployment and the severance package that I got from Super Deluxe that has positioned me to a point where I can pay like at least two months ahead right now. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm saving up for the third month Mm -hmm. right now as we speak, and I don't have to pay that until like March. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if I can continue to do that and start to maneuver and find ways to like get that 1300 every 30 days, then like that's the new job. You know what I mean? That becomes, it's like, I don't want to have to go and get my hair done so that I can go to a job interview and convince somebody who's like barely listening anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a wrap for that, man. And I feel like a lot of Americans, especially in our generation, are just like waking up to that. It's like, you want to wake up, like who says Friday is the weekend? Like who says that shit? Right. You know? Yeah, well, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because we're, it's not like we're saying like guys quit your job no, right now. No, definitely and, not saying that. Uh, no, no, but like you need that. Well, yes. I, I would. I, I'm listening to the the numbers that you were given, right? And it's like, okay, so by X year, X number of Americans will leave full time jobs, but that's not all going to be by choice. You know what I mean? Like mm, some people are going true. to lose their jobs as things consolidate more and more and more. People are going to get laid off, so people aren't necessarily going to have. Uh, a choice yeah. but to try and find something on their own like talking to people from previous generations gets a little bit exhausting sometimes about where where this topic is concerned yeah. because they they sincerely it's through no fault of their own come from a world where if you wanted a job you could just go get one and if you don't have a job it's because you're not seeking one aggressively enough but that's right. no longer necessarily the case yeah it's the the landscape has changed in that like there is there is no job security no matter where you work like it's 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 rare to stay at a a job uh more than about 3 or 4 years i think is the 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 current average yeah. uh whereas like people would stay in a job for at least a decade they might like be they might be um promoted and and stay at their at their company for 30 years whereas Just become lifers right yeah. but that's not a, a thing anymore in that like the cost of living is co- constantly increasing and a lot of the times the only way to increase your income is to go to another company and essentially increase your salary that way mm. otherwise the 3% increase in these these day-to-day 9 to 5 jobs yeah. isn't enough to to kind of compete with the amount of cost of living increases. And then of course, right on a long enough timeline, if you're not paying your workers a living wage, they won't literally won't be able to work for you anymore, even if they want to, and your business falls apart. Right. Um, But like, and that's another thing I really enjoy about like freelance, like the freelance lifestyle. And it's something that you were, you've been kind of talking about a bit in that it's, it's less about just working and it's, it's more about honing a craft and being able to utilize that wherever it is needed in the same way that like entrepreneurship at its core is about fulfilling a need. It's about seeing where there are gaps in either society or a specific market 
and finding a solution and making that solution available to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that that is kind of, that's where we're going and in, in that I think that it'll allow us to enter that state where yeah. we're able to innovate again. Yeah. We're able to have the freedom to think about what needs need to be filled so, so and then that, gather people. So you're saying under the that matrix umbrella. will reset. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Um, but but like the world the world is absolutely changing. This is a real fascinating time to oh, yeah. exist on planet oh, Earth. God. The best but, end, the best time and the worst time. But uh, but like Tari, uh, a little bit earlier, you were saying like if we survive the next decade, a lot of things will have to change mm-hmm. and shuffle around, and some big moves will have to be made, and some big innovations will be required. Yeah. And that that is across the board. That's just about any industry you can think of. A great many policies that I'm going to go and say any facet of society. Because if you look at like you know what I mean, if you look at the whole Me Too movement, that in itself is an is a response to just the archaic mentality that like we've placed women under for the longest time you know what i mean because it's like we we come from i'm you know i was raised where it's like this is the man this is the woman this is what the man does right this is what the woman does like i'm still like a part of that generation and it's like i'm learning every day that's like this is bullshit like it's it's something that we were just taught to think is normal and is you know what i mean and it's like it's been ingrained in every like facet of like what we think is real and it's like i'm learning so rapidly that that's all being undone and the the old way of like ways of thinking have just are starting to fall apart at the seams and so it's like you said 10 years from now there might be whole completely different policies that you know what i mean and it's just like i'm 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 all here for it like I'm, i'm here for it but i feel like moving forward like don't be afraid to say you don't know anything don't be afraid to say you don't understand because the truth is no one does (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that don't be afraid to say you don't understand because i think that is like human pride it's for us to just act like we know everything you know what i mean i know i talk like i know everything but i have to constantly express that i'm still learning all of these new ways to think and like all of these new and it's like i want to know as much as possible but like you know what i mean like just it's it's insane, man. It's yeah. it's insane. Everything is being undone. And as we see all these paradigms shifting, right? Like everything being undone doesn't necessarily have to be a negative. It's it not have like to be chaos. Right. It's not like the house is going to burn down. Everything's That's what on a fire. lot of people think. It's that's what a lot fair, of people think. It does look like that right now, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Uh, and that's where the innovation, the the hopeful potential innovation comes in and it's going to be it has to be across the board as everything changes that includes of course the entertainment industry as if you're paying attention to the entertainment industry of late you see that every year now there are these massive seismic upheavals as far as how can we make the most money off of our product how can we get product made how many places are there to take your stuff and sell it yeah all of that stuff is changing now and especially here's this word again consolidation as every company becomes one company or just you know three or four everything everything's going to change right like youtube it's harder and harder to make money on right like instagram you can build an audience but very few people actually get to monetize that way podcasts surprise kids there's not a ton of money in this you guys aren't rich yes so so not from this you can't can't (laughs) tell based on how i'm dressed that i'm super wealthy um but so but so by necessity new things are going to have new platforms are going to have to be developed yeah. new outlets new ways yeah. of telling stories because the goal used to be for a lot of people you know either i want to get my sitcom or i want to get my starring role on a series or i want to be in the biggest movies possible 
those things are going to increasingly go away or they're mm-hmm. going to be fewer and fewer in number as far as different places you can go to do those things. Yeah. You're you're not going to have too much of an option but to try and figure out how to do some of this stuff yourself. And like the great one of the great things about something like People's Collective is you've got a hand in so, so, so many pots with so many different kinds of personalities. Exactly. It positions you and you've got this this really excellent attitude about doing the work for the sake of, of creating. Work. Yeah. And and so I feel like you are positioned exceptionally well yeah. to, to see that new thing coming or at the very least to go, well, maybe this is nothing, but I'm going to try it. And that's how you uh, potentially, maybe if you're lucky, because again, luck is a massive, massive factor in any of this. Mm. You are somebody that finds or at least contributes to the discovery of that new thing, that yeah, new innovation. Is. What is because whatever there is, is the thing is right. It's hard to fathom right now. There will be a next YouTube. If we yeah. don't obliterate ourselves as a species, if there we don't, will be, right, yeah. there will be the next. There will be a new. There will be a next Twitter. There will be the next. But that's the thing. We're here. But that's the thing, bro. Like. Do you see how we're saying that? We're only saying it based off of things we know. And it's like that next whatever isn't going to have that. You know what I mean? It's just going to be like somebody's going to be like, you know what? I think it will be really cool if X and the next thing you know, we'll be able to pull that shit out of our in, in, in our pockets and it'll be there. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like I don't want to say like YouTube or Twitter because it's like those are the the precursors to like how we – yeah, I don't mean right. I don't mean next YouTube as far as like the next edition of yeah. the smartphone. I mean literally like the the next thing yes. that is going to change the way we access, consume, produce content mm-hmm. the way YouTube did. And it's like because I, I call it like I, I use the metaphor like going to a restaurant and ordering one of everything. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to take a minute for that to come out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you have to like that's what it's like. It's like that you have to sit there with the patients knowing that like they're back there making everything on the list for you. So it's like, you're not going to get that right away. And that's how you have to think about that next big thing. You just kind of got to just, you just kind of got to sit there and just work until you, you luckily you till luck strikes you or you, or you live and you die. And then the research that you were doing inspires somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it, you know what I mean? Like, that's just how it works. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, they say most innovations are a dumb idea plus time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which is, I think my favorite way of coming at, because yes, you're in kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying. Like if you can only think of things in the frames of what already exists, you're never going to be able to innovate because you're always going to be pulling from these references. And I'm, I am shamelessly pulling from references right now. I still need to define myself as an author, as an author. but, But you're essentially using what you know to define what your style is. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, cause, cause it's there. I, f- I forget the, like there's a, there's five. And I think we talked about this like early last year, but there yeah. are like five um, steps in terms of defi- like self branding or defining yourself. And yeah. one is like inspiration. It's like inspiration, imitation, um, something, something, your own style. Um, I forget what the five are. I'll go, I'll, 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 tweet them or whatever but like that's what it is like you you um you're inspired then you do things in the style of whatever it is that you're that inspired you and then you have to essentially realize that what you're making isn't the same you highlight what it is that um makes it uniquely you 
And then essentially that defines your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, So even if you are pulling references, it's kind of like the way that Quentin Tarantino does his filmmaking in that like he takes all these disparate elements and then combines it to create something new. And now you have the now you have the Tarantino style. Right. Right. Which is actually a perfect example of what you're talking about, about how Tarantino sort of did that in a way that made something that felt unique, that felt like he developed a specific voice, specific style. But then you have since since like around 94, because he did Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs 92 was released, Pulp Fiction 94. And that's kind of where he exploded. Uh, People have been trying to just do what he does Mm -hmm. right? without really understanding functionally what makes what he does right, like his approach to it, what makes it work. So perfect example of what you're talking about. Nobody's going to innovate by trying to do exactly what he did because that's it's been done now. Why would I go watch your derivative thing when I can go watch hit? I mean, you could argue Tarantino stuff is all derivative by design, but his thing where he took all these elements, put it in a blender, and now you do have something that is uniquely... Um, iconographic in right. itself. Right. right. Um, perfect example, like Michael Jackson, for example, King of Pop, right? Everybody knows links of Michael Jackson. When, when I say the moonwalk, you think Michael Jackson, right? Right. But it's like that came from James Brown. That came from Jackie Wilson. And there's a, do uh, you remember Smooth Criminal? Mm-hmm. That iconic video, Michael in the white suit. Yeah. And the fucking speakeasy, everything. There's a Fred Astaire film that that's like an exact rip from and if you if you look back and you research uh it's it's if you if you if you youtube dem bones cafe mm-hmm. uh dem bones cafe that is the direct inspiration for smooth criminal mm-hmm. and it's like if like if you look at the set pieces the way the way the people are moving you can like see everything that michael jackson was inspired from um in the smooth criminal video but here's the thing like Michael Jackson being Michael Jackson, watching Fred Astaire, and then knowing he's the person, like, because there there were a lot of people that were watching Michael that weren't necessarily watching Fred Astaire, Mm -hmm. right? So, Michael being the one watching Fred Astaire, being inspired and creating his iconography in in what would become Smooth Criminal was a, is is essentially taking Fred Astaire's essence and just amplifying it to the multitudes of people who are looking at Michael but Smooth Criminal becomes an icon of its in and of itself because of that you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so it's like it's all like i said it's it's all derivative man like it's right. all like you know and it's just and i don't think it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing because it 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 honestly breaks down to the whole spirit of like what the people's collective is at the end of the day because it's like you can't do this alone yeah mm-hmm. you can't do this alone as much as and I'll be the first to tell you I'd love to sometimes <laughs> I would love to if I could like can you imagine if you could make your own movie by yourself and you're standing up there and you're just like yeah thank thank me right <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Like, as a, you know what I mean? I have an ego, you know what I mean? As a creator, I have one of those, and I have to keep it in check, but, like, at the end of the day, why would you want to do it alone? You know what I'm saying? And it's just, like, Akira Kurosawa said it best. Like, he's like, I don't understand the essence of filmmaking, and I probably never will, but, like, that's the process of just, of, that's how you try to understand it. You just, you just do it, you know what I mean? And so it's, like, Yes, it's derivative, and yes, but I don't know. There's still so much work to be done, man. And it's just like, I don't know. You just got to do it. I also want to state that, like, I don't don't feel like... I feel like we're using derivative, but I feel like it's more that everything builds off of 
than uh, not yes, using. Yes, yes. So like, it's not, know. yeah, we're not, yeah, because there's, there are ways to do it. Right. There are ways to do it. And it's, you know, and I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to get the audience to think that what I'm saying to them is to like, steal your, steal all your shit. Like, <laughs> that's not what it is. But right. I'm, I'm saying be inspired by what's before you. Like, really take a time, a time to look back. I'm doing Werner Herzog's master class oh, right nice. now. That, oh, how is that? It's really good. Yeah, and yeah. it's like so hypnotic because it's like he's, he's talking to you the whole time. So it's like. Feels like you're talking. It's you know, and you know, at some you know how he point, sounds, man. Oh, like yeah. you just fall asleep to his. <laughs> at his some voice. point, we gotta do we gotta do a gear of the wrath of God on this show because that movie's wild. Oh, okay, okay, um, but yeah, man. Um, but he teaches a lot of like looking back and seeing. You know what I mean? And just like there's just so much like film school is everywhere, man. If you look for it, you yeah. know. So I know I'm getting off topic here, but you know, no. uh, I feel like it's good commentary. Yeah. However, we are out of time. Guys. Oh boy! I know, I know. You, we could, I could literally talk about this for a whole other hour. This was good though. I'm really happy to be back, man. And um, I got to get you guys to come on our podcast now. You got to come on to the People's Collective, and we got to cross, we got to cross, you know, promote and do all that good stuff, man. So I appreciate Absolutely. you guys having uh, me is, on today. Is your uh, is the podcast up yet? The podcast is up. We will be up every other Wednesday. Right now, we're on Podbean. You can search the People's Collective on Podbean. We're waiting to get approved for iTunes right now. Um, when that is, um, when that happens, yeah, uh, we'll let you know. And like, just like, yeah. But we're trying. Like, like I said, the podcast. The first episode was like a labor of love, and it was just one of those things where it's like we're gonna do this shit even if we don't have all of our ducks in order. Mm-hmm. So it's very, uh, it's very haphazard. But it came out. It sounds good. Uh, it's a 2018 wrap up on everything. We get into a lot of debates about stuff. Um, it's really good, and it's going to be a bi-weekly podcast that just, um, you know, it continues to just further brand us as a entity, and also just gives viewers and whoever cares to listen an opportunity to really see the people who are in the People's Collective and see how different we all are and how we. Um, use those differences to our advantage and how we embrace those differences and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be one of those things where like every episode will be something different. I get into it. I get really heated when I talk. So (laughs) that's going to be fun. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Please tune in. Yeah. And where can people find you if they want to just chat with you about stuff? Uh, If they want to chat with me, you can find me on Instagram. I check that all the time. It's uh, at spike leak, which is just spike Lee with a K at the end. It's a play on words there. Um, uh, and uh, you can also follow the People's Collective, which will be the dot peoples p e o p l e s dot collective, and just follow us, man. And only thing I ask, and I, I'm gonna say this all the time, it's like everybody's trying to do something, everybody's trying to like get something off the ground. I'm gonna ask you to follow us less and less. Just don't follow us when we're like popping and cool, cause like that's corny. Like start now when we have like 227 followers, like. Look at the process. Like, don't hop on the bandwagon when we've done the work to make it a thing. Like, we need you to make it a thing. So it's like, just just follow us now and and see the rise, man. And you know, I'm gonna try my best not to change on the way, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and when they do get big, then you tell your friends to start following. Right, that's yeah, how yeah, you yeah. do it. Just don't wait until you know what I mean. Like, don't wait until we're popping and be like, oh, let me see what it is. Like, nah, man. Like, that's corny. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's corny. If I notice that's what you're doing and I find out that's what you did, I'm gonna call you out. So. Oh damn! So, so yes, get on, get on get that on bandwagon. Now, follow, man. follow people's collective early. Also, follow in the meantime, cool. 
in the meantime, not only don't wait uh, to follow the People's Collective, don't wait to get out and do your own thing, right? Because we, we're going to need we're going to need innovations. We're going to need we're going to need you. We're going to need you. We're going to need your uniqueness yeah. and your voice because that's your currency. And Make even the next though, People's Collective, right? And even though there's not necessarily such a thing as a truly unique or original idea anymore, your voice is your voice, and that's something that you've got that nobody else has got. Go out, start your thing, make it happen, make it happen, or at least give it a shot because that time's going to pass anyway. So go follow the People's Collective and start a business, folks. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Also, I would even go as far to say it doesn't even have to be a business. Right. It can just be a venture or a hobby that you've always been meaning right. to do. Do what you it love, can literally, Yeah. Just something that you're passionate about. Right. And, uh, and like what we're doing right now, right, is like we're, we just like to talk and have goofy conversations about nerd shit. And right. so we're like, you know what? We have microphones. Let's do it. And now it's a show. You can do that. You don't need anybody's permission to do that that's, don't need a boss right like that's the thing is like don't don't limit yourself to positions where you need somebody else's permission to show up and do that work right yeah. and when you become your own boss make sure you like working for yourself because that's also a thing yeah i would also say that like even if it starts as a hobby like treat it like a business yeah um i feel like that's the biggest hurdle to like stepping into that next step is you you forget that like just because you're doing it for fun doesn't mean that it's not something that you can right. capitalize on. And that usually helps in allowing others to see it that way as well. Right. And that's how we find the next big thing. Yeah. Anyway. So, cool. Uh, and Lex, where can they find you? Yes. While while you're uh, getting all your social media apps up to follow People's Collective, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TheLexMichael. Awesome. And you can find me at Tari J. That's T-E-R-I-J-A-Y on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but you can find this podcast at Missing Outcast, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T uh, on both Instagram and Twitter. And don't wait till we're super popping to follow <laughs> exactly. us either because we'll call you out. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Um, speaking of being called out, uh, if you have a chance, leave us a comment or a rating on uh, iTunes that helps people find us and helps other people get up on this thing. Um, so, and if you do, we will uh, read your rating on the show. Um, we've gotten a few more um, re- or ratings of five stars, which we really appreciate. Those That's very we love sweet you. Of you, yeah. Uh, you know who you are. You know that you love this show, and we love you too. Um, and so, thank you for listening. Uh, Thanks, thank you for being here. Yeah, I want my jacket when I come back. Okay, yeah, 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 definitely. You're going to get that jacket. Missing Outcast jacket. Hell yeah. <laughs> it might only be like waist high. Like it's going to be a kid's jacket. <laughs> yeah, like we clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. We clearly got a kid's jacket on clearance. <laughs> and then we'll put your name like in electrical tape on the back. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, take it. <laughs> uh, but we will see you next week. Until Later, then, guys. you've been filled in. We filled you in. You're so filled. We filled up to the brim from your butt to your tongue to, to, to your eyeballs. What? From your, your butt, butt to your tongue. To your tongue. Yep. What? The, I don't. I don't know if this is a sustainable sign-off. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I will. Uh, if you if you are severely grossed out as I am by Tari's sign-off, please leave us a comment on iTunes. Like, subscribe. <laughs> five stars yeah i mean if you have a better idea for a sign off definitely hit us up on twitter and we will try (laughs) them out over the next few months um but until we have something better you've been filled in it's growing on me it's uncomfortable (laughs) m-i-s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t nope that's (laughs) m-i-s-s
You were you, you had it. I, wouldn't, I, it be, no, wouldn't it be I shitty missed, if you got it wrong though? Yep. Um <laughs> it's in my SS Nope. Fuck. Fucking fuck me. And we lost all yeah. of our listeners. No. <laughs> it's missing outcast. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.